Välkommen till Ergotrip med Siviren och Ingun och i ukas episode om entreprenörskap får vi besök av den isländske ergoterapeuten, grundaren och apputvecklaren Usk Sigurdardotter. Och du får bland annat höra om varför hon blev ergoterapeut och historien bak appen Travelable. Och ukas podd blir av helt uppenbara grunder på engelsk, så då går vi igång då eller let the episode begin. Hej Ingun. Hej Sivren. Då ska vi över till engelsk. Ja, ska ta en liten introduktion av Ukasjöst. Gör det. Ja. Welcome to our first podcast in English. Today's guest works at the CEO's office at the National Hospital in Iceland. She teaches lean management and helps develop the capabilities of the frontline teams to manage and continuously improve their work. Furthermore, she helps max- maximize customer value while minimizing waste. She has also been a project manager in many larger scale housing projects within the hospital. During her career, she has held various communication and leadership roles, worked as the head of occupational therapy at the child and adolescent psychiatric department at the National Hospital. And she was the president of the Icelandic Occupational Therapy Association for six years and has worked as the head of project management for RAINED an IT company for three years. Usk is an entrepreneur, founder and CEO of Travable, an accessibility app for elderly and people with disabilities, an app we talked about in our third episode. Travable is a non-profit social enterprise, an award-winning app currently with users in 33 countries. Quite an achievement. So congratulations and very welcome in, in Podcastir Okar. Tack för det. Even in Icelandic. I tried. <laughs> was it right? It was really good. Thank you. It's <laughs> so nice to have you here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great meeting you. I'm so happy to be in Oslo. Yes. Yeah. And, and the it, sun is shining. Yes, yeah. it's great. At last. So beautiful. So, I don't know if we... We can start where we start asking all our guests yeah mm-hmm. yeah let's start there why did you become an occupational therapist ask yes well when i finished my like student exam i uh, i was thinking about what to do where i want what i wanted to study so actually i went to uh, like a school counselor at the university and took an exam like an interest exam whatever because i had no idea what to do so when i fin- finalized the exam Um, the school counselor told me um, there were three things that I should do and one of them actually was occupational therapy nice. and I said like what is ac- occupational <laughs> therapy I had no idea <laughs> so I decided to have a look and I started to reading about occupational therapy and found it very interesting and well actually I was on my way after the student's exam to Spain but then I saw in the paper one day that they were advertising uh, a vacancy as an assistant occupational therapist position at the training center. So I decided to try and apply for it. And I got a job. And then I spent the next year working as an assistant OT for this rehabilitation at this rehabilitation center. It was amazing. And I just fell in love with occupational therapy. 
I was really lucky to have really good OTs. And we worked with uh, like different kinds of, well, people with different kinds of problems, um, like back problems and rheumatoid arthritis and like oh, like different um, different kinds of problems they had. But uh, it was amazing to be able to help them find, you know, help them more sufficient to be able to do things on their own and go back home and after staying there at the center. So and then I decided to apply for school. And then in the fall of 1996, I moved to Copenhagen to study mm. occupational therapy. So you don't have uh, occupational therapy in Iceland or did you want to move to Denmark? Well, at the time, the university in Iceland had not started yet. So, and most of the OTs in Iceland had already, uh, that had finished their studies. They had studied in Scandinavia, most of them. Norway, Sweden, and Denmark, and some had gone to the States, um, Australia even, and some other countries. But I decided to go to Denmark. It was the closest, and and also because many of the OTs I know had studied there, and they liked the country. Um, but a year later, actually, uh, the first program at Hauskolen uh, Akureyri, the University of Akureyri, up North Iceland, started a four-year bachelor program. So the first OTs there graduated in 2001. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's fairly new. So it's fairly new, exactly. Mm-hmm. And we have, I think there are about like 16 to 20 that graduate each year. So it's uh, not that many and only one program, one school. And only a few go now abroad. I think most of the people who want to study occupational therapy, they study in, in Iceland now. So if like seven, nice, yeah, 16 to 20 students graduate each year, mm-hmm. how many occupational therapists are there in total in Iceland? Do you know? Um, I'm not sure exactly how many, because, but I think we have uh, over 90% are members of the association. That's a really good job. That's a really yeah. good job, I agree. Yeah. And there are about what, 320 OTs in the association. And I think there are only around five or six males. Wow. So, yeah, mostly women. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> that's uh, it's like that everywhere, right? Yes. Yeah. I think, uh, and except for Japan or something where they have more male OTs. Oh, did yeah. know that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So around maybe 400 then, occupational therapists in social? Yeah, I think there might be around 400. Yeah, yeah. around that number, wow. probably. Yeah. And the association was started and was founded in... 76, 1976, so it's 43 years old. And I mean, it was gradually getting bigger because, you know, there were a few that studied abroad and then they came came back home mm. and became a part of the association. And then these that are graduating from the university in Iceland. So so it's like slowly growing. Yeah. But yeah. It takes time. It takes time. Yeah, yeah. it's true. So in, in Denmark, you had took the bachelor. Was it three or four years there? It was three years at mm-hmm. the time, yeah. Then it changed to three and a half. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, because in Norway, we only have three years for the bachelor. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And then yeah. you can build with a master if you want to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they have uh, actually just changed the program in Iceland as well. Like So it's similar to the Nordic. So it's three years bachelor and then... Plus two years, actually, if you want to have like a clinical, um, what do you call it? Like, a, so you have a license to be able to work as an occupational therapist. Okay. So you take, yeah, so it's three plus two. 
yeah. years. Yeah. So you have to do like a clinical experience yeah. course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any questions, Sivaran? I was wondering where do the ma- majority of the occupational therapist works in uh, Iceland? Yeah, I think, um, well, most of the o- occupational therapists work uh, for the government. Oh. So a lot of them are working in within hospitals and related association for example the uh, the rehabilitation center i worked for like that sort of uh, institutions that are like partly uh, sponsored by the government um some work for independent companies of course but we're ve- there are very few that do that actually um yeah so mostly and we have actually very few that work for the municipalities so we're really looking f- towards Norway to see because you have been working towards that and I we're know, a lot yeah, working the, in the you've been amazing and the, I saw in the newspaper that you were well the, it's a law 2020 mm. right yes. you have to have OTs in every municipality so it's well done yeah, um, how amazing win. is that <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, hopefully we will be able to do that one day we but cross our fingers yes yeah. and there are only also very few at schools which I think are more mm. here right so yeah We've been a little bit stuck within the hospital, both like somatic and like psychiatric in the area. And I think, for example, at the hospital where I work, there are around 45 OTs and two thirds of them work in psychiatry. But I did also like uh, hearing that is occupational therapy assistance yeah. in Iceland. Yes. That's something I want to have in Norway as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you don't have no, assistance here? Have no, it. okay. Because I first met yeah. it when I was in England. Yeah. And there they have occupational therapy as- assistance. And I think it's such a great way to get to know the, the yeah, yeah exactly. the profession. Yeah, yeah, so. it was absolutely to to make sure that this is something you want to study. Yes. Mm. Get just, yeah. So shall we wrap it up and focus on today's theme, your entrepreneurship? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're curious. Yeah. How did you come up with the idea of travel? Um, well, um, I think this has been an idea that I have been walking around with for many years, actually, which is often with social entrepreneurs. They have an idea that you see something that you want to make better, but you don't know how to do it. So I always, I there are there was actually um, uh, a schoolmate of mine who had an accident. In his, when he was around 20 years old and he got, well, he's paralyzed today from the um, hip and down, mm-hmm. waist and down, I mean. Um, and I could see that he was having a lot of troubles when he was going to the city or town with his friends and, you know, the typical problem with not getting around, no bathroom, you know, stairs everywhere, that sort of thing. Um, and I just thought about it. I thought it was so injustice. I thought it was so irritating that we couldn't make our city or our environment for all. And then actually in, when was it, 2011, I took a master's degree in project management at Reykjavik University. And I decided to take an extra course in Scrum, which is like an, the IT uh, companies use it a lot to like plan the whole process of making a product and we were supposed to make an app and I just yes <laughs> I have I have an idea <laughs> and I finally managed to like actually put my idea on paper just write it down and uh, with a couple of my classmates we like made the whole prototype just on paper and we managed to make a great job 
And after the graduation in 2013, I saw an advertisement in the newspaper that they were advertising uh, like an independent living challenge competition, which was led by Nordic Innovation and the capitals of the Nordics. And if you had a solution that would make uh, people's life easier, both for people who have disabilities or elderly, you could send in your idea. And out of 450 ideas from all over Scandinavia or the Nordics, we were chosen to participate with 74 other uh, ideas. And then we started this amazing uh, travel, really. It was, we, went, we got to go to Copenhagen and Stockholm and Helsinki and Oslo and work on our idea. Got the amazing help from people within the startup community, um, people who are... Um, expertise in um, well healthcare but technology and marketing and we got to learn how to pitch our idea talk about it like in a really short amount of time and I think after that experience we actually yeah we we, we made it to the semi-finals which was amazing so I think after gathering a lot of material and making sure this was something that people actually needed so we got sort of a proof of concept mm-hmm. Then we decided to just go for it. Let's, let's just start a company. And then um, we were so lucky to have, uh, there's an, in Iceland we have, um, it's a technology developmental fund, a governmental run fund where you can apply for grants. And we did that. So we actually got enough money to be able to start programming our app. And our first prototype was launched in January 2016. So it was amazing because it does cost a lot of money to program. But so thankfully, um, most countries, uh, well, the Nordics have that kind of help. But of course, in the beginning, I mean, I'm not an IT person. I don't know how to do things like this. So, But you just get the idea and get try to make it happen in some way and make sure you have the right people with you to make it come true. And then you can start to apply for grants and that sort of thing. But so, yeah. Then just the ball started to roll, really. Yes, and now 33 qu- countries yes. are using your app. It's amazing. It is. We have been lucky, absolutely, because, I mean, I have a full-time job, and Hannes, who's the IT guy who's with me, he has a full-time job as well, and Bardur, who is like our marketing guy. I mean, we all have our daytime jobs. I mean, it's a social enterprise, so it doesn't cost anything. It's free on Google and on App Store and Google Play, but uh, hopefully we will be able to soon like uh, implement the revenue model. But we are really hoping that we can get the municipalities and the cities to help us out a little bit. I don't. I do not want to drown people in advertisement or that sort of thing. You know, when you open up an app mm. and you just start getting advertisements, it's so boring. So I do not like that at all. So I'm hoping that we can uh, really work with his municipalities and the cities to make this something which is available for all. And I think, we, well, we have like a business model. It's really just a win-win-win. So where the cities can become front runners in accessibility and really greet all people who visit. And we want to make sure that the physically uh, people who have disabilities can be more included and independent and more engaged in the society. And we're also hoping that uh, the businesses want to take part in this 
social impact project. And I mean, it's a great marketing opportunity for them as well. You know, you want to be a service provider that says welcome to everyone, not just some. So that's what what's really our focus is. I think it's a win, as you say, it's a win-win for everybody. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. And also we can totally relate to the, the part with that it's just beside the daytime job. <laughs> This yes. whole podcast thing is also beside the daytime <laughs> yeah, job. Yeah, exactly. It's just something we do <laughs> because yeah. we're interested in occupational therapy. So Exactly. Yeah. You have to use some time in yeah. order to make yeah. all the pieces come together. Yeah. But if you really want something, just go for it. Just yeah. try it and, I mean, get good people to help you and just start slowly and then something great will happen i'm sure that's a really good advice yeah. and i think also like you can't rush it no you so can't. as you said you the challenge was in 2013 yeah the independent exactly. living challenge and then yeah you launched it in 2016 and now we're yeah. in 2020 exactly But yeah you have to be really patient <laughs> i've learned that yeah i mean it's a roller coaster sometimes it goes really well And then it goes not so well and you just want to quit almost. <laughs> and then it starts going up again mm. and you see like, oh my God, 33 countries are, are using it. Then you just, you can't stop. You have to continue. Absolutely. And I think, but I mean, I don't know if it's OTs, definitely. I mean, that it's our job, isn't it? To find solutions to help people. And I'm sure that there are many OTs out there and here in Oslo that are working closely with patients and just people all over that have some ideas. So just go for it. Try it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, we have a long, more like a query here, but yeah. I will uh, end up with the questions. Uh, well, I will end up with a question in the end. But mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. We are curious. Uh, what's it like to be an entrepreneur, uh, engaging idea development, mm -hmm. and perhaps you can provide tips to others who want to work with innovation. Yeah. So if we go to the first part, mm -hmm. uh, what's it like to be an entrepreneur? Well, it's a hectic life. It's a roller coaster, like I mentioned before. I yeah. mean, sometimes it goes really well, and sometimes it's horrible. But I mean, the I just really want to make the world a better place. So that's my like idea. That this, this is what I'm running towards. And if you have or feel so strongly about something, then you are willing to do whatever, right? I mean, it might take some time and you definitely have to be patient. But make sure you have good people around you that are willing to help you, you know, learn other similar products, talk to people, talk to the users, um, and just gather information and connect yourself. It's really important to have good network. So, yeah. But it's so much fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. It's the fun, most funny, nice thing I've ever done in my life, I think. Just being around people who are so creative and always trying to find solutions. Is, it's amazing. You just, you get so much energy from it. It's really incredible. Definitely. Everybody should try it. It's, <laughs> it's contagious. I can yeah, feel it. I'm like, yeah, I want to start a project too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, when I was in the competition, just imagine standing in a big hole with a lot of people who everyone is trying to make something good for other people it's just in the incredible contagious energy that goes in there and it's, it's so much fun so yeah it's good really good it sounds nice <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so how do you work with idea development do you have like a process because you say yeah. it's up and down 
and mm-hmm. uh, you have different periods but do you mm. have like a process plan like where do you start yeah where uh, should end i think well if you have an idea you just you have to start writing it down like what do you want to do but then you also have to ask yourself some critical questions like what is will ha- have to happen so this idea can come true like there are certain things like um but i can take an example for just like airbnb when that's when they started um they said like okay we want to start a new company where i rent out my apartment to someone who wants to live in a home instead of a a hotel right Mm -hmm. and how can how do i connect these two people together i mean they had no idea how to do it and then how do i manage to get people to pay for that and how you know the different you know some some rents are lower other are higher that sort of thing so there are certain things they had to do to make it come true and they did it and i mean they have there were so many negative voices that said like no you can't do this the everybody just wants to stay at a hotel like why would i want to stay at some some people's home like seriously so they got a lot of negative voices but if you really believe in a solution you just you find the solution you find the how you can actually make it become true and just go for it and the same with i mean i can't believe i'm comparing trouble with Airbnb, but come on, <laughs> <laughs> that's a vision. <laughs> it's a vision. No, but still, when we started, it was just like idea. I mean, you have to. How are you going to get the information out there that people know where to go, what places and services are accessible? I mean, how can you do that? And what was the best way? And we had a look everywhere. Like, uh, what are people doing? I mean, there were some. I talked to a lot of, uh, for example, the Association of Disabled and, and like different associations in Iceland. And I asked them, like, where are you getting your information from? How do you know if the, this hotel or restaurant is accessible? And they told me this. Well, we are, we phoned them, we called them, we checked the website. And, but sometimes people don't realize what accessibility means. So they say, yeah, sure, it's accessible. But, but then when we get there, it's not so they were, you know, they got in a little bit um, tired of it. So you just stop, some people just stop going because they're not sure it's, they're going to be able to get in there. So we thought also like, okay, we need to get it like um, a little fast up and running, but we would need people to help us because I am not, I'm a one person. I cannot like register thousands of places on my own. I need people to help me. So we thought of, yeah, okay, we're going to need like some sort of a platform in the beginning. So we decided to use uh, Google uh, Maps and Foursquare and, and a Nordic platform as well. So we get the basis for all the information in the app and then we add on information regarding accessibility. So it speeds up the process a little bit. So we don't have to put in photos of the place or that sort of thing or, or the map. So it's already there and then it is add on. So that was a solution which we found were good, was good. And uh, so it's like gradually it changes a little bit because and we also had a very nice people helping us, people who are wheelchair users themselves and the mother who has two daughters who are wheelchair users and like ask them, what do you need? How can we do it in the best way possible? And so, it, yeah, it's definitely really important to ask the user, the people who are actually going to use the app, you know, what would be the best possible way how to how can we best do this and well it's been trial and error of course we have tried to program something and it didn't work and then we had to change it and now 
I think we have a, a good app, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it but, certainly uh, seems like it if yeah. people in 33 countries are using it. Yeah, so. exactly. But you can always add on something, mm. but it's expensive and you have to try things out, you know, take it slowly. And because you want to see if people like it or not, just test it and then you can add on features in the future. Like you can always make it better and bigger. And so, but start slowly. And people also asked us, are you not going to, are you not going to make it available for people who are blind, for example? But we said like, I can't do everything at once. I need to focus on this niche, which is people who have, um, are wheelchair users or older people who have trouble walking. And so we are, we are focusing on this group right now. And then maybe in the future we can, um, add on more information for different uh, groups. So if I want to so, start a project, my yeah. plan would be to start small. Start small and, and make slowly. and do it well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Start small, make it really good and do it well. I mean, otherwise you're going to spend all your money on energy and try to do something for everyone instead of doing something really good for a small group. Yeah. I mean, that's what my recommendation at least. And then you can gradually built on that information and data that you have gathered throughout the years. Yeah, because it's always better to do, yeah, do something really good yeah. in a small scale yeah. and then do it better instead of the whole idea going yeah, then you just, over the board. <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to miss, uh, you know, and you're just off the track, really, right? You have to be focused and try to do something really good for a small group and then you can add on. And Don't try to do everything at once. Yeah. And then the two other things you're saying is mm. use your network to yeah. realize the idea yeah. and ask the people who are going to use it. Absolutely. It's really important. Mm. Get the users to help you. You know, what do they need and how would how would it best serve them? And really define who am I doing this for? Exactly. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's basically covers the last the last question we had that yeah. was uh, do you have any tips for the listeners who want to do innovation or work with innovation yeah but i think yeah. like when you have nordic health here you have startup lab and you have so many different uh, startup companies that might be able to help you and and they're like competitions like the one i took part in the nordic independent living challenge mm. i mean you have a lot of that kind of competitions here so if you want to test out your idea and get help with the beginning i would recommend to take it forward and and try to apply for different competitions and then you know you know if it's a product that you want to continue working on absolutely mm -hmm. have to see look around to see what's what's there to yeah help you. absolutely yeah have we got any more questions no no i don't no so mm -hmm. shall we continue to the columns yes. we have three columns yeah absolutely so the first one is mm -hmm. life hack. Or, or we say Strömpepodräkaren. Yes. Strömpepodräkaren. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about uh, what do you use to make everyday life easier? Yeah, what I use, um, well, my notebook. I always have a notebook like this with me and a good pen that I can uh, write or draw ideas in it. Um, and it's really important that I have this because I've tried to use my phone like notes or something, but it, it's not the same. So I have to be able to like write in my book and write down ideas. Um, but I use my phone a lot also. I'm a, I always have it. And I have um, so many different uh, things I use at it. For example, um, 
And it depends on also which country you're in. For example, in Iceland, people use Facebook or Messenger a lot. Um, but I'm actually studying now and at uh, Oxford University Strategy and Innovation. And then I learned that nobody uses Facebook, nobody uses Skype. <laughs> so I did like totally switch. And we use um, Cisco, Web App, WebEx for meetings. And it's really good, actually. And then we use Slack for all kinds of uh, discussions and put in... Uh, because, for example, when we were planning for exams, people put articles in there and that sort of thing. It's really good. Hmm. So Slack and WebEx. Slack. I can recommend that. I don't think they have arrived in Norway yet. Really? <laughs> <laughs> or at least not with the people we I haven't heard about it. No. Yet. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's really good. And then, of course, WhatsApp. Uh, yeah, to WhatsApp. Phone people. Yeah. yeah, like you mm. use also. So these are the and my calendar. I really I put everything in my calendar. So that's really important. So I don't forget any appointment that I have or, or that sort of thing. So yeah. So the com- you have the combination, the yeah. old-fashioned book and the, the phone. Yes, and it's th- I mean, th- this is where I write my ideas in the notebook. But then I can, like, when they're more organized, I can put them in, for example, I also use Trello, right? I forgot to say that. Trello? Trello is like a, how you can organize a project. So you have, like, a backlog, oh, yeah. and then you can put in, like, the things you're doing right now, the things you're done with, that sort of thing. So you can move the project from left to right. Wow. So it's like a Kanban board somehow. You can let like oh yeah, make sure that and you can add on people, you know, whose task is this and when you're going to finish it. And so it's like a project management tool. It's really good. I want to check that out. Yeah, yeah. me too. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something I would like. Yeah, it's <laughs> organizing really nice. stuff. Yeah, it's organizing <laughs> stuff. Exactly. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Shall we go to the second column, Sivirem? Yes. And that's ufiltrert or yeah. unfiltered. And then we're getting a question. Yeah. And we want to ask you, what is your favorite travel destination? Travel destination. Um, I discovered Africa, actually. I went there the first time when the WFOT, or the World Congress, Congress had a, the World, sorry, the World Federation of Occupational Therapists had the World Congress there in uh, Cape Town, um, 2018. Yeah, we actually talked to Marlene Monks, who was there as well. Really? Yeah. Same Congress. It was so nice. And we took the opportunity, some friends, to travel around a little bit after the Congress. And I just fell in love with Africa. It's mm. so nice. I just I want to go there again. I mean, the, I mean, it's crazy a little bit, though, because you got the chance to go into the um, very poor area and visit uh, grandmothers against poverty and AIDS. And then later that day, you're at the vineyard, you know, so yeah. it's so... The contrast. The contrast is so unbelievable. I had a, I mean, it's difficult actually to experience it, but at the same time, it's in amazing. And I had the opportunity to also to visit Morocco, you know, North Africa, one year ago when I was at the Occupational Therapy uh, Congress as well. I mean, two very different places and I... Then I just need to visit more different countries in Africa. That's what I w- really would like to do. Cool. I just started actually supporting a school in Ethiopia. We are seven Icelandic people who are supporting this school. And um, that's my next trip to Africa, I think, to visit the school in Ethiopia. Hopefully later this year or next year. Wow, that's cool. So. But um, how accessible is Africa? 
or you can say Africa maybe, yeah. but uh, well, it's, <laughs> the yeah. countries down there. But I mean, some places in Cape Town actually were very accessible, absolutely. If it were new places and restaurants and services. Uh, but Morocco, for example, the old town, I mean, that was impossible yeah. almost. I mean, steps all over, very narrow streets and but if you go to the newer hotels then of course and then newer area then it wasn't so bad actually but the older buildings just yeah very very difficult to get in and around and yeah i think i i try to register wherever i go i've gone to different countries and i always try to register as much as i can wherever i go if i go to cafe or restaurant or hotel or whatever it is i always try to take out my app and and like register the places i'm at I have downloaded your app and I had hadn't since we talked about it in episode three. Yeah. And I'm trying my best as well. To great. Thank you so yeah. much. It's a great app. Thank you. Yeah. I really yes. appreciate it. Yeah. You need all the help we can get. Yeah. <laughs> so Oslo is under the scoop now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really? I have registered some places before, but yeah, I always try to add on some more places. Definitely. Yeah. And just for our listener, how long does it take to register a place? Uh, it depends. I mean... It depends on how much you want to write because, for example, um, I was in Reykjavik City the other day and I went into uh, a church called Hallgrimskirkja. And so you have to check out the like different entrances. So it can take like four minutes or it can take half an hour, depending on how the place looks like. But So we, I went into the main entrance and, you know, I had a look at the elevator that goes all the way up to the top for the view. Like people can go up there and have a look over all of Reykjavik. And then there's also another entrance, and then I go and have a look at the bathroom. And sometimes, actually, um, accessible the uh, like um, special bathrooms for wheelchair users are somewhere else. They're not a part of the like other normal. I don't know if you can mm. call it normal or just bathrooms for everyone. But so you have to ask, like, is there an accessible bathroom here somewhere? Is it a part of the others, or is it in another area? And many times it's somewhere else, hidden away, locked. Like So you have to check, ask before you write down. And then I try to register, like, uh, the elevator is, you know, yes, there's an elevator, but where is it? Like, sometimes you have to walk a little bit or go in the back or whatever to find it. Or the bathroom is, like, so make a small description, just one line, you know, go in to the right or left or whatever, just small description of the position of the of the service you're describing nice so that's very helpful yeah and so then you can also also uh, can you build on your own review later yeah, yeah yeah absolutely you can edit your review you can put it in afterwards mm. or if someone has already written something then you can add on to it and there's an algorithm so for example the other day i saw that um, someone said that there was not a parking place close to the restaurant i was at and I, but I saw that there actually was one, so I just I had to change it and write yes there is, you know. But then, if I think there was, we had to be two that said yes there is and where it was, and then it changed from red to green. Okay. So there's an yeah algorithm that changes, and also all of the places are changing all the time, you know. Some go out of business unfortunately, but new businesses take over and some change, so you have to like uh, be aware and see and check. All the places. So even though the the place you're visiting has a review, you can also check if it's correct or yeah, absolutely. if they have done something yeah. with it. You can add your own review, absolutely. Hopefully, yeah. the businesses will be better. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> and I hope it will be 
I mean, we have so often seen that there's just a little thing that needs to be done. You know, put a ramp up or something, uh, like a slashkir, what's it called in Norwegian? You know, where portable uh, frames that you can put up. Rampa. Rampa, yeah. yes. <laughs> so, and, and sometimes people don't know that they actually have one because they're put aside or behind the door or something. So I tell them, like, it would be nice if you just put a small sticker or something in the window or on the website that, that you can tell people actually that we have them and you can just need to ask for them and then we will help you enter. Just small help, you know, so they are can be more accessible accessible for all. Mm-hmm. Good, good to know for yeah. all our listeners. Yeah. So um, download the app. Download the app. Download the app. <laughs> Download the app. Yes. <laughs> and take app it with store. you do, in your hometown or when you travel. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, it's yes. also for family members, right? It's not just yeah. for the user or the people with disabilities. Also for, I mean, if I'm taking my grandmother somewhere, um, I want to make sure that I find a place that suits everyone, right? Because if you're a big group and one person has a dis- disability, you want to make sure that find the place that this person can enter right so anyone in the group can open the app and try to search places that will suit everyone so it doesn't only have to be the person who has this disability everyone can use it that was a great summary yeah so with that shall we go to the last column Mm -hmm. That's Dagens Höjdepunkt, or yeah. the peak of the week, or the highlights of the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, what's your peak of the week, or highlights of the week? I think maybe two things. Well, coming here to Oslo, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice. And I'm working on my final integrative assignment for my studies in Oxford. And I really look forward to, well, meeting you, of course. Well, thank you. And then I'm going to have a visit Nordic Health and A-Leap and Startup Lab tomorrow. So that's going to be amazing. Check out how they are innovating in healthcare here in Norway and bring that information back home. Um, and also me and my daughter, we actually bought a parrot Oh, this week. That's been really nice. <laughs> 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 we live in an apartment, so we were not able to have a cat or dog. So we decided to go and buy a parrot, which is, and his name is Theodore, <laughs> called Teddy. <laughs> <laughs> really cute. So yeah, it was really nice. Nice to have a small animal in the house. My immediate association was <laughs> Pirates of the Caribbean. So <laughs> I have no idea why. <laughs> but it's a small one. It's not a big one you can okay. get and put on it. <laughs> it's nice to know. <laughs> I thought like a yeah. huge pirate. <laughs> yeah. Then it need big like cages, the yeah. big ones. So no, unfortunately. But just a small one. Can it talk? It's it can learn how to talk actually. It's like two to three hundred words. Wow. wow. Yeah, it's amazing. But we are just, yeah, like I said, it's only been with us for a week. So we are, my daughter is really eager on going to train him to do all kinds of tricks and talk different <laughs> words. So we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> we have, have to, to meet choose, you yeah. again. Choose the g- nice, good that. words. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> only good words. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been so nice to have you here. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you for making time for us. Yeah. Nästa episode på norsk. <laughs> Har du listat oss det vi Ja. Tack. 
we just summed up. Sivirin would like to have the next one in Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, where yeah. are you today? <laughs> Very quiet. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> But it's been, yeah. And I, I would like to, to research more on the apps that you recommended as well. So thank yeah. you so yes, much. Yes, welcome. Much. They are really good. Yeah. It's nice. So enjoy Oslo. It's sunny today. So thank you. Hope you have a good stay. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.